Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Uh, Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM in Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and I'm just doing the show as a two-hander tonight with Sue Timberlake. Say hi, Sue. Hey there. <laughs> so there's no leavening influence. It's just the, 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 uh, uh, you know, uh, wingnut Democrat and the, uh, uh, you know, horrible, evil conservative Republican, blah, 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 doing the show tonight. So we so. Careen down the mountain together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or up the mountain. <laughs> We've both thrown well, our steering genre. wheels out the window. <laughs> so we're just in kinda, a game of chicken. <laughs> right. Just, just, just buckle up, people, because that's all there is. And uh, come on, look, cat. If you're gonna get up, get up. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, All right. So uh, uh, actually, I should mention that as we were getting started here, just a few housekeeping thing thingies. For one thing, we love to hear from our listeners. So you can email us contact at civilpoliticsradio.com or go to civilpoliticsradio.com. That's our website. It's got recordings of previous episodes of the show and good stuff like that. Or if you're thinking about interacting with us through some kind of social media thing, uh, facebook.com slash civil politics radio is our community there. And at civil politics FM is how you tweet at us. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> I also want to mention uh, this show's coming out uh, August 5th. We are hoping to uh, get some more candidates to come on the show and talk about why we should elect them to their particular office. But uh, we've got a lot of, uh, uh, we've got a lot of inquiries out and no responses back yet. You know, maybe they don't love us after all, but I, I don't know. I, I just, it's early days. So, uh, we may have some more candidates on to talk. Uh, and if, uh, I hope so soon and maybe even next week, but we don't have anything definite to say about that just yet. However, I do want to mention, uh, uh, 12 days from now, uh, on Wednesday, August 17th, If you are a Massachusetts resident, which is kind of the default since we're all Massachusetts residents doing the show, though, greetings to all our uh, listeners uh, in other parts of the world, uh, including in other countries. Uh, Hola uh, to our good friends uh, in Mexico. Uh, Yeah. So uh, Wednesday the 17th is the deadline to register to vote in the primary election here in Massachusetts, which is going to be uh on uh tuesday september 6th that's the day after labor day uh if you wish to vote by mail uh and you want to do that in time for the primary you have until monday the 29th to do that so that's a thing and of course the election will be wednesday uh or it's not wednesday sorry tuesday uh november 8th uh, this year. So that's, you know, a couple of months, three months away, basically. So the little time left, but anyway, um, that's, that's important. Uh, do register to vote, uh, get ready to vote. Uh, you know, we had two of the candidates for, uh, secretary of state's office, um, and 
you know, uh, yeah, go and listen to those episodes. Uh, if you're curious about that, uh, I think we all agree that, uh, uh, Mr. Gallon has been doing that job for a long time. So, uh, it might be time to put some fresh blood in, but you know, listen to, listen to our interviews with the candidates and make up your own mind. That's the hope. Anyway. Um, so enough of me nattering on let's natter on together. Um, Hey, so, uh, uh, for me, anyways, I think there's been some some really good news uh, uh, just this week. Um, for one thing, uh, Alex Jones, the uh, conspiracy theory, anti-Semitic, uh, homophobic, uh, uh, toxically masculine uh, radio host, uh, or whatever it is, Infowars is, uh, has... Uh, not only been sort of caught with his pants down lying on the witness stand in his civil suit against the Sandy Hook parents, but also apparently he they've they've he's already lost one judgment for over four million dollars. So that's pretty great. Um, but also um, there were a number of primary elections uh, this week uh, and uh, some ballot measures went through. And I'm particularly uh, pleased to see that voters in Kansas, um, a state that has there's been, nothing. go ahead. Sorry. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing the matter with Kansas as it turns out. Right. <laughs> Did you read that book? You beat me to it. Uh, I, I, no, 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 no. It's, it's good. It's all good because, you know, like you and I are probably like, I'm probably about as young as it gets to remember, remember that book at this point. Um, <laughs> Well, you're a historian, so you read a lot of stuff that you know well, yeah, the average I, bear doesn't. I, I I I think I I think I read an article by the guy who wrote the book. You know, like basically say, here are my you know a summation like like his magazine article length summary. You know, like as opposed to the whole book. Is that's what I remember doing because I remember thinking like, oh, I could read that book, but it seems like, oh, it's so much work, and I've got so many other things to do. And, <laughs> whatever but um but you know the gist of it that, being that, go ahead sorry i was gonna say that's why people my age do reader's digest so right exactly <laughs> i think i read the reader's digest version but that came out if i remember correctly that came out in the late 80s i think even early 90s anyway yeah i think so yeah they were just starting to figure out how politics work because these states are so crazy they're so different so uh, and, yeah, and it was a, a lament by uh you know a a a sober left wing policy wonk you know so someone like me but you know with accomplishments um who uh was basically sort of looking at like you know the people in Kansas are voting for all these measures that are just absolutely blowing up their uh, you know economic and financial and personal self interest uh for you know, uh, culture war reasons, basically, you know, like, like yeah. the Pat Buchanan red meat. And so, uh, Kansas has long been sort of a buzzword for that. Uh, the last time they voted for a Democrat to be president was I think Lyndon Johnson. Uh, the one time Johnson, he, that's the one I heard too. Right. Yeah. 64. So <laughs> six years before I was even born. Um, and baby. yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm a middle-aged baby at this point, but yeah. Um, so, so all of that is quite extraordinary, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, 
there were various other measures. Uh, uh, well, so there was a, 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 a referendum on the ballot in Kansas and during the primary election. So less turnout than uh, because uh, of the primary and the wording was kind of confusing. So you had to vote. Oh, it's a limited, limited primary. It's closed. So only Republicans can vote for Republicans and only Democrats right. can vote for Democrats. And the good news is this was one of those issues that you could actually go and vote for if you were unregistered, not unregistered, unenrolled. Yeah. So they yeah it's amazing and kansas is a red state so very much so uh it it it, it returned plus 15 points for mr trump back in you know 2020 and by 20 points when in 2016 so yeah it's it's absolutely a movement conservative kind of state uh but nevertheless uh at this primary election uh where uh it was expected that only that that turnout would heavily favor Republicans. Uh, like, I'm not sure if, if, if it uh, motivated uh, a lot of Democratic or uh, unenrolled voters to turn out specifically because of this, or if just a lot of Republican voters sort of defected because they'd actually feel differently about this issue now that it's real and in their face. But it broke basically 60-40 in favor of not amending the constitution of the state of Kansas. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I, so it was no to the ban, no right. to the ban of abortion. Very, yeah, very interesting. And, and the, and the turnout was huge. It was like a presidential election and 20% of the voters turned out just for the referendum. Yeah. So yeah, there were think- 20% of the votes that just voted on that. They didn't vote in either primary. And they um, they just turned out for the referendum, which is amazing to to prevent, you know, the overturn of Roe versus Wade is what precipitated this. And my party put it on the ballot on in a primary, so nobody would nobody would vote on it. And the wording was backwards. I don't know if you saw that. that they I did. Yes. Text. Yeah, that they tried to trick people and say yes equaled choice, and it didn't. It it equaled yes to the ability of the legislature to ban abortion. So they. Yeah. People obviously organized around it. Thank God. Right. And and actually, so that's a thing um, that <clears throat> might have been a bit confusing uh, yeah. uh, for people sort of just sort of casually following this. So um, a little bit of background. Uh, basically, um, the the Supreme Court of the state of Kansas, which, uh, you know, has both Democratic and Republican leaning judges on there, though, uh, nobody as uh, sort of polarized and partisan as Samuel Alito, apparently. Um, but they ruled a few years ago that according to the state constitution of the state of Kansas, uh, abortion is a right guaranteed by, you know, the I forget the exact term, but basically like the rights to privacy and personal autonomy and liberty uh, guaranteed in the, in the Constitution of the state of Kansas meant that uh, people absolutely had a right to get an abortion. Um, and, and that was interpreted, right? Because it's, it's not specifically mentioned. It, it wasn't it's, specifically it's mentioned or specifically under the forbidden. privacy clause or right. something. It, yeah, right. It wasn't spelled out, but they said, like, look, this is the way like interpreting the laws of our state. Uh, this is how it works. Um, 
And it's worth in the same way that the state of Massachusetts back in 2003 was able to the, the Supreme Judicial Court here was able to say, you know, uh, the uh, uh, Constitution of Massachusetts says that uh, people have to have equal rights. So people should be able to get married, whether they're straight or gay, however they want to get married. You know, one person can marry any other person who's, a, you know, a legal adult. And that's just how it is. So except um, for your first cousin. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. But I mean, <laughs> consenting adults can, can basically get married. It's OK, whatever their gender. And um, the, but in both of those cases, uh, there is no recourse to the Supreme Court of the United States um, because um, the way it was one of the things that's kind of interesting to me. So the, um, the the Constitution of the United States guarantees certain human rights to us as humans and then some of them as citizens like you know voting is a thing we get as citizens um so forth but um the constitution is a floor uh states with their own constitutions can't take away any rights that are guaranteed to us by the federal constitution but they can grant us additional rights within their state so that's why Massachusetts was able to get out ahead and say, you know what? Gay marriage is fine, even when the other 49 states were like, eh, maybe not. Um, and so uh, the state Supreme Court uh, in whatever state uh, you're, we're talking about is the supreme authority uh, on the, the laws and constitution of that state. There's no appealing them up like, you know, so this this ruling by the the state supreme court of kansas a couple of years ago that their state constitution allows uh uh a woman and other people who can get pregnant to have an abortion then that's it you know like like there's no other discussion because that's not based on the federal constitution it's based on the state constitution and the ballot measure was basically uh an attempt to uh overturn that ruling to say, hey, we're changing the Constitution to specifically say, nah, and then once that that's written into law, you know, the voters can change the Constitution, then it doesn't matter what the Supreme Court says. Their interpretation yeah. is overruled by explicit text. And then the legislature in Kansas could 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 pass all kinds of restrictions that they wanted to pass. But that has blown up in their face completely. Yeah. Well, I, I was amazed that you could change the constitu state constitution that easily in Kansas, but I guess you can just with a simple, a simple vote. You know, in other, I in other states, in I think states. it takes a, is it just a, just a, just a one-time vote? Well, you know, um, two quick things. One is that when we changed the, um, we interpreted our constitution here in Massachusetts differently. Margaret Marshall was the um, chief justice in Massachusetts Supreme Court at the time. Uh -huh. And she actually had been involved in overturning apartheid. She's South African. Oh. And uh, she, they, they, uh, I think, I forget which governor appointed, appointed her, but she, she was quite a visionary. You know, she really dragged us quite far in Massachusetts because we were really early with that. And I was going to say, you know, Kansas voted no on this past Tuesday, um, which was amazing. 60-40, as you said. But, you know, Kentucky's next. Montana um, 
there's uh, there's a law in Montana that's on the that's pending. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alaska, they're trying to overturn because I think they also provide for abortion in their constitution. Mm-hmm. Michigan, they've collected seven hundred fifty-four thousand signatures to strike down a nineteen thirty-one um, ban on abortion. They're trying to, you know, trying to um, trying to stop it from being re reinstituted so i mean the the battle's not over but what a great victory in a you know the first skirmish i guess that where it's really been tested right i don't think it's been tested anywhere else in a state this is the first time the uh voters have had a had a say on uh abortion rights since the dobbs ruling overturned roe versus wade um i just can't believe that my republican party is on the wrong side of you know personal autonomy and the sovereignty of your body. <laughs> they just, they're like, I, I don't know what this is. I, I don't recognize my party sometimes. So yeah, I don't, I, anyway. I don't blame you. Well, and that actually, you know, one of the th- reasons I thought this was kind of interesting. Is, and so uh, a number of candidates who uh, were running in primaries or whatever, uh, there were a number of candidates who are uh, uh, loudly ad, uh, uh talking up or repeating the line that the uh, uh, 2020 election was stolen and that there were invalid ballots and yada, 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 you know, all these disproven lies. Uh, But there are a number of people in the Republican Party who won primaries based on pushing that uh, that rhetorical line. And. Uh, so it it certainly got me thinking, um, you know, like like Jammer and I will, you know, give you guff about the Republican Party, um, <clears throat> you know, but it's it's not simply a matter of being partisan, at least not for me, you know, <clears throat> um, it, like the like the the problem I have with the Republican Party isn't that they're wearing the wrong hats, it's that the principles they're pushing or you know, the, the where they're coming from is just to me seems wrongheaded and even dangerous. So like, you know, uh, like I voted, I, as I've, I've mentioned before on this show, uh, and we've talked about him before, former Governor William Weld, uh, not the best governor we've ever had, I think, but certainly, uh, you know, not the worst we've had by far either. And uh a man I voted for because he wasn't a crazy rage monster like John Silver. <laughs> Back in oh, that's right. Yep, he ran against. Yep, he ran against John Silver. Yeah, what was it in your guts? You know, he's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that was the secret. That was. Uh, I worked on the Weld campaign, and that was. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> and actually, Evelyn Murphy's team. They were Democrats. She was the. Um, she was running for governor. Yeah. Um, they. They. Yeah. They had buttons made up. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's a crazy dude. He's a crazy dude. Oh, just yeah, like like the way he he just had a meltdown at Natalie Jacobson when she was, you know, asking him about, you know, things he actually said, you know, like playing clips of him and then asking him about them and he'd attack her for, you know, lying about him. And it's just like Wait, what? Anyway, um, but yeah, all she's of- a really good inter- interviewer. She did she did it with such grace that people couldn't quite believe how crazy he got. he didn't like women very much. He's yeah, been clearly. the president of the U, I think. So yeah, he was at the and time. The yeah, Texas. I I think he got run out of Texas. By the way, before we leave abortion, I just want to mention this. I, you probably didn't catch this today. There was a debate in Britain over um, with Rishi Sernak, 
Rishi and, Sunak, uh, uh-huh. Trust. Yeah, the two yeah, primary, and, the two remaining candidates within the Conservative Party uh, to take over prime. as prime minister, and 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 that's a matter that's entirely resolved by members, parliamentary members of the Conservative Party, because they control Parliament right now, so they get to just say who well, the they, prime minister is. Well, they had a great interviewer. She 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 put them both on the spot. She was wicked. Oh, I didn't and, see that, um, but, but that sounds good. yeah. If you get it. Yeah, and they weren't on the stage at the same time, so she had them mm-hmm. individually mm-hmm. and cited their records. But I thought Rishi Sunak, uh, she nailed him because he's missed every abortion vote since he's been <laughs> in the parliament. Mm. And um, she pressed him on the, I forget the name of the woman who's doing the um, cross-examining, the questioning, and the, and the audience was questioning too, but she, she just nailed him. And it was like, it was so, she listed all the votes that he missed and he just never happened to be in town whenever that was, <laughs> it was really good. And, and she got Elizabeth Truss on um, changing her, her mind a lot. And, you know, she covered it kind of, cause she, she said, well, you know, I, I'd rather see somebody change what they think. And when confronted with evidence, then that they, you know, are incapable of, um, taking it in or something. It was, but it was really tough on both of them. I was yeah. amazed at how tough the interview, I mean, really their record to a point and really nailing both of them by the end, you didn't want to vote for either one of them. I would think so. I the, certainly, as you I said, don't get a vote, but I certainly wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The conservative party elects there. So I think is it 160, I forget how many hundred thousand folks are in the party that get to vote for which one takes over. So, yeah. and that happens, I think in September also. So September's yes. going to be a busy, busy month. <clears throat> yes. So but but, you, you were talking, about- well, just, there are certain principles that, uh, you know, like I, one of the reasons why I respect William Weld, our former governor is because I, I disagreed with him strongly about the idea that, uh, the government shouldn't be involved in providing a, a social safety net and, you know, helping people, you know, uh, uh, you know, helping people out of poverty and so forth. You know, his argument was that is overly intrusive. Government shouldn't be meddling in people's lives. And I was like, but that's that's the kind of help people need. We should be doing that. And he said, well, I disagree. But because I don't think the government should be messing, you know, interfering in people's lives, I don't think we should have any position on who should get married to whom. And certainly we should not be, you know, trying to ban abortion because what's more personal than that? And it's like, okay. You know, like, yeah, like that, at least. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, like that's a matter of disagreeing about about the principles, about what we're going to do and what we think is, you know, important. Like, that's the kind when people talk about the importance or 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 valuing the idea of bipartisanship, that I think is what they mean. Like, I think it's possible it would be possible to, like, strike some kind of bipartisan arrangement with someone like William Weld. Uh, at least on certain basic issues, because, you know, it's like, well, this is this is what I believe in. Uh, you know, I certainly don't want to sing the man's praises too highly, but, you know, like like the I, I can do that. Yeah, right. But, I, <laughs> I, you know, there there are and it's one of the things I think that sort of reminds me when we do this show, one of the things that sort of comes together for us is, you know, you and I agree on some basic principles like it's bad when people are telling lies, you know, and candidates, (laughs) candidates who base their platform on lies 
shouldn't be elected, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like although it effective, although effective <laughs> sometimes well, could be. But, you know, just the idea of like, you know, uh, uh, Donald Trump won the election uh, two years ago. No, he didn't. He, he just didn't. Um, you know, yeah. so, you know, even well, people well, who I other- radically disagree with and don't particularly like, such as Liz Cheney, you know, I hats off to her. Uh, for the work she's been doing with the the January 6th committee, because you know, she's like, you know, lies and treason. I'm against those. And I am too. So, yeah. you know, I support that. Well, sort of agree on the general goals and we just disagree on how you get there. But, yeah. you know, the thing I can never deal with is are people that move the goalposts. You agree to something mm-hmm. and they move the goalposts. And I was feeling that way about um, Manchin until recently, I think. I'm not really sure where where this is going but you know he seemed to move the goalposts every time they got close but you know sometimes yeah, they, what you see in the press yeah. isn't uh, hard to tell if it's accurate or not i guess that's part of the problem yeah, a lot of these sort of quiet private negotiations uh backroom deals i guess if we want to you know use a favorite phrase um you know the, inherently they are uh discussions that we don't get we aren't privy to and uh, there are certainly complaints to be made about that, but it does mean that it's hard for us to judge what's going on when we aren't there. And uh, I've got to say, I was genuinely surprised to see uh, uh, that apparently last week he and Senator Schumer were able to sort of pull a fast one on Mitch McConnell, that uh, like hours so. after yeah. the CHIPS Act went through, they announced, oh, you yeah. know how we've been saying for weeks that uh, there's no deal to be made and President Biden's agenda is just dead, dead, dead. Well, turns out we agree on enough of it that we're going to push through. We're going to have a new budget bill. And I was just like, wow, uh, I've just been saying all kinds of negative things about Chuck Schumer and Joe Manchin. Uh, yeah. And I may have to eat some or even all of those words, some of them anyways, like they actually did do something. So it hasn't actually passed into law. We'll have to see what the parliamentarian says, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Well, uh, I forgot what I was going to say, but I, 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 I was shocked too. And I can't believe how mad my party was. In fact, one wonders if it wasn't that they were so mad that they voted down the veterans bill, which, you know, how stupid is that? I mean, that just cost them all kinds of, they used up all their chips, my party, you know, deep sixing the veterans bill. And thank God for John Stewart, who was right there to say, you know, Call how dare yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you no, no shame. By the way, the bill is something, the, um, the uh, what's it called? The Inflation Reduction Act. Yes. It's, uh, it's it's really something. And, and as you said, the parliamentarian still has to weigh in. So some things may get stripped out because that usually is usually something that doesn't quite fit under reconciliation. But Kirsten Cinema, everybody's waiting with her and the guys didn't even talk to her. I mean, I'm I you know, I hate it when that happens, even though I don't really care for her. I have to say um, that she wasn't involved in the negotiations. I guess we'll find out because she's against changing carried interests. She's uh, and also she doesn't want tax rates changed, I think, on companies. And they didn't change the rate. They just changed the rules. So who the rate applies to. So I don't know what yeah. she'll do. I guess we'll find out. Well, she's not talking either. Yeah. Well, carried interest is absolutely like if one has astonishing amounts of wealth, 
carried interest is great at preserving that wealth. But if one is anybody else, it's, you know, it's absolutely something that we should be taxing. Um, you know, and and I say and this as someone who, you know, has inherited some wealth and yet carried interest like is like this law would make little difference to me. What yeah. they're talking about doing and like that, I think, tells you something. I mean, I'm not in the one percent, but I'm in the top five percent through no virtue of my own, just happenstance of birth. But there it is. And like, you know, this is, you know, this this might trim my sails a little bit, but, eh, you know, no big deal. Did you I don't know if you were on last night when John and I were talking. I mean, not last night, last week when we had a I think we did a rerun. But um, he was explaining because I didn't catch how they were doing the carried interest loophole. I thought they eliminated it. And he was saying, no, they changed it from three years to five years that you have to hold the money. To you. So you still can get the lower rate, which may make Kirsten Cinema happy because they didn't eliminate it. They actually just changed the window that you have to hold the money so ah. you can get the lower rate. So kind of a they didn't they didn't really get rid of it, which. Yeah, that still sounds like you know, a bit of an improvement. Yeah. So Yeah. They what is they tightened up the hole a little bit as somebody said. But yeah, genre had looked into it fairly fairly extensively. So No, I missed I missed that I missed his notes on that. So that's too bad. Oh, yeah. and we're at and the I, halfway point here. So I'm I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I thought it was $15 billion book value company because I watched, I forget who I watched on the bill. And um, it's actually $1 billion, the corporate minimum tax on companies of $1 billion, which is better because if it was yeah. $15 billion, it wouldn't apply to anybody. So anyway, I'll leave it at that. But very, very interesting. And we'll see what, what happens. I, I, I think uh, you all Democrats will be humming along if you get this passed and you pass the chips bill and your yep. infrastructure bill. And, you know, you're starting to, your sales are filling with wind. We got to stop that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, well, we can talk more about that in the second half because there's, there's more to talk about with uh, what the government's doing, but we're going to play some PSAs, promos and station IDs. And then we'll be back with more civil politics in just a couple of minutes. So please don't go away. We will be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player, each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org.
the Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. to Evidence-Based Radio, Science and Skepticism from a Feminist and Socialist Perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still doing this with Sue Timberlake. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so aside from your, the, oh, go ahead. Sorry, please. I was going to say, what's your government up to tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While you're sleeping. <laughs> it's, it's it's 7.30 p.m. Do you know where your government is? <laughs> never. I never know where they're going or where yeah. they've been. <laughs> well, uh, so aside from the, you know, uh, uh, purely partisan shenanigans and one-upmanship of what uh, Senator Schumer and Manchin apparently managed to sneak past Senator McConnell, um, I do think that... Uh, from what I've seen of the bill, it looks like a good idea. It looks like, you know, uh, closing some or at least uh, 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 narrowing some tax loopholes for the very rich, uh, more measures to uh, uh, do stuff that will help us fight climate change. Um, yeah, you know, like, 369 billion to be exact. <laughs> right. So there's there's so much more we have to do. But, you know having doing things that are actually good is nevertheless you know it's positive um yeah what did you say you know like it's 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 a dinner roll when we need a full meal but you know i'll i'll, I'll take a dinner roll to start anyways yeah <laughs> well and it's and it's ne negotiated i guess that's part of it is that that's yeah. more the normal practice in congress is to have something although none nobody in my party well maybe they will vote for it we'll see we'll see if somebody votes for it but um, two hundred eighty-eight billion in drug, drug pricing reform, which that's is that's another good a, thing. Yeah, limited number of drugs and a lot of money to the IRS. I don't actually have that figure, but um, so they'll be chasing all of us, I guess. The IRS, which nobody likes, but it's it's important that people pay their taxes, their fair share. Right? Yes, Everybody I I agree. Should pay your fair share. What? Every dollar that you legitimately owe. <laughs> It, it's the price of having an, a functioning government and society, you know, co cost of doing business. And, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of that. <clears throat> but also the, um, you know, one of the principles you and I agree with, getting back to something I mentioned in the first half of the show, is that uh, climate change is real. It's causing problems. So we want to stop that. And I'm more of a 
government action now. And I think you're more of a, you know, there are things we can do with tax policy and market incentives to to really effectively deal with this. And it's like, okay, but we both agree, like, how about we don't have the planet warm up two degrees centigrade or more? <laughs> have you seen the pictures of Kentucky, uh, Eastern Kentucky? Oh, oh yeah, the God. flooding? And it's still oh, raining. Yeah. And it's still raining oh. there. Yep. Well, and do you remember and the heat maps of North America and and Europe over the past few weeks? Just these incredibly yeah. strong heat waves and fires burning all over. Yeah, this is, you know, it's not that like we never had heat waves or fires before, but it's we're getting more. It's worse. Yeah. It just it's it's undeniably measurably worse. And one of the reasons why I'm, you know, in the end, I just think like we have to put Democrats in is because for all the problems with the Democratic Party, and yeah, I know there's a few, but, you know, fundamentally, the Democratic Party's position is like, hey, we this is an actual problem that exists, and we need to do things about it. And unfortunately, so many people in the Republican Party are like, this is not a real problem. It doesn't exist. You liberals are just trying to trick us. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I've been meaning to ask you, what do you think of Manchin? Because he put in a whole bunch of pipelines and drilling and, you know, um, he, he got in some of the stuff that he wanted, from what I understand, you know, to, to do more. Um, you know, the sourcing is here in the U.S., but it, it is increasing the capacity of, you know, fossil fuels. I mean, and he owns a lot of stock, right? I mean, he's a moderate Democrat, but his money is in the energy, you know, fossil fuel business. Absolutely. And I wondered what what you think of that, because that seems to be how they got him on board. I mean, I, it, it's I, maybe superficial, but that's what seems to have moved him. I, I hate it, but, you know, um, it's, it's a, it, it actually is getting something useful done about a, a global crisis facing our species. So, okay. You know, um, I suppose we do need some transitional things to happen. We can't just right. go right to the wind turbine in my backyard. I, w I well, I mean, we could do more faster if we were, if we got serious about it, but uh, you know, uh, I think Senator Manchin <coughs> is, he's a, a, a uh, I think, you know, it, 2000 years ago, he would be uh, a patrician, a, a Roman patrician who was comfortably in the Senate because that's where rich old men from good families would wind up. And I, I, I think it's the same principle here. It's just it's he was actually democratically elected and he's from a particular state and whatnot. I, you know, uh, coal, we, we need to shut down the coal industry right away. And that's where he's his bread and butter is. And so he's been fighting that. Um, I, I think I don't I don't like putting more money in his pocket, but if it gets if it actually gets us something closer to useful good stuff, then okay. I, I would actually go further. Um I would propose uh that President Biden should declare a climate emergency and then use you know, emergency powers to do things like um, just nationalize the, uh, you know, take over all the companies that own coal, like like take over the whole coal industry in the United States. 
you know, that would not you know, be maybe that's that well, maybe it wouldn't that's be Biden cheap. Did it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it would be because Biden threatened that right a couple of weeks ago. He was talking that his advisors were talking about declaring a climate emergency. Maybe that's what they did is they ba- they said, here's your choice. Well, Joe that, that might have been a that might have been a step. I don't know. Doesn't I, sound I, like Biden. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Biden, though. Well, but so if it were, you know, one of the, the, the things we really need to do is we need to leave fossil fuels in the ground. We we don't want to dig them up. We don't want to burn them, leave them where they are. So that's tricky, of course, um, because there are a lot of people who make their living and whose fortunes depend upon these industries persisting. Um, But what I would recommend, what my thought is, it would be quite a bit of money. I think it would be, you know, like, I think uh, my cursory research, I'm certainly, you know, not an expert and I could be, you know, significantly undercounting here, but a quick look at, uh, you know, uh, trying to figure out what sort of the market capitalization of the various Coal companies in the United States seems to come to out to around but their reserves worth. Well, like like what do they actually say? You know, like if we were to buy all these companies out at their current fair market price, it would cost about twenty billion dollars, which is quite a bit of money. On the other hand, compared to the overall budget of the United States of America, not that much money, and it would be right. We are buying every share of stock. We are forcing you to sell at the current market price. Here is your check from the federal government. You know, go ahead and put it in the bank. And now stop. Yeah. Right. Well, we're putting well, 369 then, billion in. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. So then then and then we can say, okay, so we are going to shut down production. Everybody who's working at these companies, uh, none of you are fired. You all we, we will just keep paying you all the benefits, but you don't have to work. So for like the next year. And again, that's that's a lot of money we're throwing around. But it means all of those people have total job security and they have a year. And it's like, okay, we're going to start phasing this out in 12 months. So start looking at, you know, what are you going to do? Like maybe you're close to retirement and you just want to retire. That's fine. You know, if you're, you know, 25 years old, trying to find another job and maybe that means moving and whatever. But hey, you know, train you. Right. Well, we can offer training and advantages and whatnot, but also, um, so uh, imagine the uh, flexibility people would have in their, you know, these people would have in their lives. If it's like, hey, we are going to give you all the money that you would get from working full time, but you don't have to work at all. So you basically have all the time, all your time available to do other things. Um, and you have the resources you would have from working. So, you know, that, that, that's a really good deal. People can get, can really start to think about their lives and, you know, maybe that means you got to pick up and move, but you can afford to pick up and move if, you know, you have all this extra time and, and you know, and people could go out and try other jobs, do volunteering, whatever. But like we, it would allow us to transition away from these businesses and, you know, coal is, you know, coal is a, is a blip compared to, you know, oil and gas and whatnot for sure. But it is a politically significant one, you know, like coal interests in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ohio are a stumbling block for this country. And 
if we did that, we wouldn't, you know, we'd be taking them out of play. We'd be sort of pulling their fangs. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of environmental damage that comes from coal mining. It It's really dirty just digging it up and then processing the coal. And when we burn it, it is the most polluting fossil fuel out there. So, Oh, and the sludge pits and the tops of the mountains gone. Exactly. Yeah, it's the, so just, but it just is a way stop life. all of that. Oh, folks. Well, it would right. raise the price of coal for China, which might be a good thing. Well, right, because uh, if we took all our coal off the market, then they'd have to, you know, chase Australia and Newcastle, and where I forget where all the coal reserves are all over the world. But yeah, yeah it's, lot, it's interesting. Yeah. It's if we wanted to solve it, we we could. Well, uh, at least uh, in this country, we we can't and, make the rest of the world solve right. it. Well, I mean, not easily, anyways. Like we can't, right? We can't fix everything, but it is a thing we could do in this country, and. Because coal would, is such a small part. Yeah. Right. Coal is coal is, you know, in terms of economic activity, only a small part of the issue, but it does contribute a significant amount of pollution, uh, and you know, carbon pollution and whatnot. So if we just stopped, if we just shut it all down and 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 you know wrapped it all up and scrapped everything. You know, that well, would you're, be you're a ca- major accomplishment. And yeah, it would cost us a lot of money. But I mean, think about all the, you know, like think about all the defense projects we waste money on. This is actually going to be doing something good. Your your candidate, Hillary Clinton, she proposed that and they crucified her for it. Yeah. You know, she alluded to, you know, shutting down coal and get, helping people transition and, you know, Yep. making plans for it, but that it's, I mean, she said it out loud and, and people were all over it, but maybe yeah. it's time. But Joe Manchin, so. he's, he's, he's got things going the other way in this bill. So for whatever it's worth, what happens if the progressive caucus uh, doesn't vote for this? Cause it does have more drilling and more permits and more pipelines. And I, I you know, don't know. Uh, it, it, I mean, I, I don't know that they haven't said boo. So. It would blow up, obviously. I think, honestly, um, <clears throat> I suspect what will happen is that the Progressive Caucus will make some noises about some changes they'd want to make and how it's not ideal and how they want to fight for more. But I think that they would take a a success instead of nothing because it – it yeah. not only does move us closer to some important goals, like fighting climate change is something progressives are in favor of because we don't want to die. But also um, the uh, changing the way Medicare can spend money on uh, negotiate drug prices. It's using the leverage of the yeah. federal government to do that. That is going to be a huge savings for the economy, but also it's going to make a lot of people's lives better because they'll be able to get, you know, the medicine they need more affordably. It's just, it's it's yeah. a, like this is another one of those things where you and I like I'm focusing on like, oh, think of all those people who need, you know, cheap medicine to deal with their illnesses. It's really good to spend money on that. And, you know, and you care about that, too. But I bet the first thing you thought was like, oh, good, that's a way to sort of better leverage the government's economic power and and bring more rationality <laughs> and stability to that marketplace. And it will also help. Well, you know, it will also save lives, <laughs> which is great too. And I mean, I care about that too. It's just my first thought was like, morally, this is what's important. 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I know I know as a pro business well, Republican, you, you think about the bottom think. line. A lot. Yes, <laughs> we should cut this so, out where I I put words in your mouth because that was stupid. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's always interesting. I sit there for a minute and make my mouth go, so it looks like I'm saying it, but you can't see that because we're on the radio. Um, but how, I'm sorry, how I'm I stupid. really uh, how I really feel about it is that. You know, because I do know a lot about sort of how this industry works, having worked for Smith Klein at one point in my life. Yep. The um, what what makes me really sad is they picked a few drugs that they're going to negotiate on, and they didn't touch the PBAs, the pharmacy benefit administrators, because all the money and the kickbacks are in the PBAs, and so. It, I think they're paying lip service to it. I mean, I think they're probably going to get the price down on insulin, which will be really good and really important, but they, but they didn't attack. They didn't, they didn't go to the root cause, Mm. but the camel's nose is in the tent. So there you go. I guess that's how I feel about it. So Mm. yeah, it's, it's like, it's so flawed because the PBAs, they, they basically tell you that the, you know, that your farmers, that your, insurance companies paying $200 for a drug and they're actually not when you do all the rebates. So you pay 50 bucks and that's actually the cost of the drug and the PBAs and the, um, the, um, the drug companies split the rest. It, it's, you know, it's just, a, it's a total scam. It's like, you got to get rid of that middleman. And the problem is that that middleman is so entrenched. Everybody uses CVS as a P- PBA you know, even even Walgreens uses CVS as a as a pharmacy benefit manager company. I didn't. So know that. you have these, yeah, you have these big companies that are there. You know, they show what the company paid up front, but at the end of the year, they do a reconciliation and a rebate. And um, yeah, it's it's it, the the prices are n- not real, and it's too bad because Medicare pays full full freight. So well, yeah, it's bad, and that and that's. That's another thing that that you and I both hate. It's like, you know, free markets mean actual accurate pricing. So like hidden deals that's sneaking, you know, that sneaky, you know, that that, that a lot yep. of people to sort of squeeze money out at the back end or whatever when we can't see. Like that's that's not a proper free market. That's that's not a market. That's no. that's a scam. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, car dealerships do it too. They the the price you know that they show the dealer price. Yeah, that's if they only sold one. At the end of the year, they figure they sold you know two hundred cars, and then their actual price goes to blah blah blah. And I mean, right. a lot of industries do it because you don't really want that scrutiny on your margin. College so, tuition. But yeah, that's <laughs> there you go exactly. But the 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 government's doing some other interesting things, like the Department of Justice just finally. Yeah, that's on, true. Was it Brianna Taylor's case? You know, she was the young woman that was shot in her bed. Mm-hmm. She's a wasn't in she Louisville, an EMT? Kentucky. Yep. Yes, she was. Yeah. Yes. And and all the police got off, and you know, it was yeah. all done. It was all set the cops, to go. And cops burst in without <laughs> note, without warning after midnight. And uh, her boyfriend was like, oh, my God, we're being attacked. And he he pulled a gun and tried to shoot back. And uh, one one bullet he shot. And they. Right. Yeah. (laughs) She was killed by those police officers. Yes. So the uh, the Department of Justice has filed uh, civil rights charges against them. And I think you also told me uh, this I hadn't heard, but also they're apparently investigating the 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 city of Louisville Police Department. Yep. Yep. So the sixth thing they're doing is pattern of practice. Uh, city of Louisville. 
Good. And they're right in the middle of it, so they haven't put anything out. But they found, they indicted four police officers, mm-hmm. two for the original falsified search warrant. I don't have all the notes here, but I'll just nice. say the headlines. Yeah. Um, the office covered up that they'd falsified the uh, original affidavit that got them the search warrant. Mm. Uh, they conspired to mislead. Um, Meany, one of the police officers, lied to the FBI, and Han Kusin willfully used unconstitutional force. He's the one who shot up the door in the window mm. <clears throat> into the neighbors and then shot through the wall. Yeah. And um, so those are like the charges. But I think Han Kusin has is cooperating. I think that's how they they got there. But they've been working on it for almost two years, mm. and the family had they hadn't given up, but they were so pleased today that finally, you know, something's happening. So it'll be interesting to see what DOJ does, but they do move slow. <clears throat> well, uh, I mean, justice is better when it moves more quickly, but um, careful deliberation is important when the power of the state is crushing down on someone, you know, like, like I, I, I favor discretion over, over speed in that respect. Well, and it's mostly not the police who, who performed the search. It was yeah. all the folks that did this stuff before and the guy, like I said, that shot wildly into the apartment. And um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's good. And, and I saw, did you probably didn't, did you see um, Merrick Garland at the press conference? You probably I did haven't not, seen the actually. snippets on no, that. I didn't see, I didn't see yeah, the press he conference. Was, he was pretty forceful. It was pretty good. You know, yeah. not in his way. He's very soft spoken. Yes, he but is. it was it was it was it was I felt kind of proud of him. Well, so, I guess uh, which I, I don't guess, usually feel because. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess he took a uh, uh, I guess he took a, a note from that uh, noteworthy Republican president, Teddy Roosevelt. And uh, I guess he's got a big <laughs> stick somewhere. <laughs> He definitely speaks softly. I, I yeah. hope he does. I mean, they they say that um, DOJ is talking to Trump's lawyers at this point, so Trump may be next. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're we'll they, they they're following the uh, department of uh, the January sixth committee uh, with intense interest. And by the way, circling back, um, apparently the uh, January sixth committee has subpoenaed uh, all the stuff from Alex Jones's phone, all the text messages oh, really? that he didn't. Yes, apparently. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> I, I could be wrong. Maybe it's just that they are, they announced that they will. But uh, but yes, they've, yeah. ex- they've they've expressed real interest in that because, uh, you know, he seems to have some involvement, some connection uh, and who knows what. And, um, you know, that seems like a reasonable, a reasonable thing to look into. Um, also, I'm very pleased- his lawyers. That's yeah. what I was going to say his because they didn't they had a chance to call it privileged and they they didn't they didn't yeah. do anything. So yeah. the defense, I mean, the prosecutors got full all of his stuff. Right. All of his texts from that. Yes. Period. Yes. I mean, they might have they might have lost. In a, uh, you know, there, there might have been repercussions if they had tried to withhold it after releasing it. But yeah. But uh, also, yeah. I'm pleased the Department of Justice is suing the state of Idaho uh, to. Uh, uh, attacking a uh, Idaho ban on abortion care. You know, it's like, you know, people who need emergency medical care that includes abortions, they have a it's guaranteed under federal law. So we are fighting to enforce that. And, you know, that's, that's great. And th- that's a good thing. Yeah. 
Well, and it's under EMTALA, which is, you know, at mm-hmm. one point you used to be able to, if somebody came to your emergency room, you could say, oh, no, 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 they don't have any exactly. money and they're too sick. They they have to go to the city hospital and you, you can't dump them. And yep. so that's that was the federal law. So that's really good because that, that, you know, everybody obeys that and they're well aware that yeah. you can't dump patients. You cannot do a wallet x-ray as right. they call it, before you send somebody. <laughs> so this great is great. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what they used to call it. Did you x-ray the wallet? You know. <laughs> nice. Anyway, the poor so. city hospitals, they always got, you know, all the, the worst cases with no money. And anyway. Oh, and uh, but, I just looked at the clocks. We are actually just at the end of the time here. So last thoughts, Sue? Uh, just it's what a week it's been. I have to say it's um, everything wasn't happening and now it is. So we'll have to watch uh, Kirsten Cinema. Oh, Cinema says she will move forward on the economic bill. Oh, breaking news! Breaking news! CNN. Good, good, good to breaking know. News. Good to know. I don't yeah. know what that means. Move forward, but I guess the parliamentary must have given the go ahead on most of the most of the stuff. So very cool. So we'll be timely tomorrow night when this is aired. Yes. So, yes. Very nice. uh, Good, good to know, and uh, yeah, hopefully this will this will pass, and uh, we'll actually have some good stuff, and hopefully we'll have uh, some some primary candidates or, or people running for office coming up uh, soon. But that's going to do it for tonight for civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, coming up next is subculture, followed by table of contents at ten, and then OK Asia at midnight. Uh, we've got a repeat broadcast at uh, four p.m. on Monday afternoon. And the podcast version will be available on all the streaming services on Monday as well. So that'll do for now. Thank you for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.